0: Welcome to Peeling the Onion podcast with Cheryl Passwater and Nancy Campbell, where we have real
1: conversations about what it takes to dive deep into the unique journey of healing. Health is not a win lose game. Join us and our amazing guests to explore the layers of physical, mental, and spiritual health. So grab a drink, go for a walk, get cozy, and let's peel the onion. Today on Peeling the Onion podcast, we have Kelly Lutman. Kelly has been fascinated by the power of food ever since she helped resolve her son's ADHD by simply changing what he ate. A health coach certified in applied functional medicine, Kelly firmly believes that symptoms are the body's cry for help and that the body can heal when provided the building blocks it needs. She meets Each client, where they are, helps them understand what is happening in their body and guides them in identifying the changes that will help them experience the vitality of where they are missing. She is the author of the book, Thriving Through Cancer, A Holistic Approach for Your Journey. This is a great book, guys. I encourage you to read it, but also there is an amazing QR code that leads you to a video portal where you can get instructed videos by Kelly um, that sort of outline components of this book. It's a fantastic read and we're so excited to have with us today Kelly Lutton.
0: We are so thrilled to have Kelly Lutton with us today to tackle how to handle the big C. Whether you have a family member who has been diagnosed, whether you have struggled with a diagnosis or are currently looking down the barrel at what to do next after a recent diagnosis, um, Kelly has just written an amazing book to help guide you through that process, to give you some perspective, to give you tools, to help you feel nourished both mentally, spiritually, and physically through this process that is both terrifying and life-changing. And so what we're hoping to do today is to frame cancer a little bit, to help you um, either support yourself and or a loved one through, you know, basically the point of diagnosis through treatment and through post-treatment. And so I want to welcome you, Kelly. Thank you for joining us on Peeling the Onion.
2: I'm delighted to be here and talking with you.
0: Yay. Thank you. Well, we are delighted to have you. And as tough of a topic as cancer can be in reality, I think we can all agree that it feels like, you know, feel like one in 10 people around me have been touched directly and maybe with a direct diagnosis of cancer. I have to tell you recently, it has felt like one in five. Mm -hmm. It has just felt the circle is getting tighter. And and whether that is, and and the ages aren't necessarily, it's not like, oh, I'm just now in middle age. So, of course, people closer to me are getting diagnosed. I'm having friends in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. You know, it just seems like the decade doesn't really matter. Sadly, no, it doesn't. Right. And so, do you, I, I, I know, you know, I don't think we come to writing an entire book about cancer and researching it without having been touched by it. And before we got on, you had told me that cancer chose you and this, this topic chose you. Will you tell us what's, what's your story and background around this topic, but also just,
2: just professionally? Well, as a a health coach who uses functional medicine principles, I have supported clients that are in a wide variety of diagnoses. My very first cancer patient that I supported was actually a friend who had had brain cancer, had this tumor removed surgically, but then was getting ready for the process of chemo and radiation and such. And I just talked to her and said, they're not going to support you nutritionally. They're just going to do the treatment and it's going to do you. Mm -hmm. And so she kind of reluctantly came on board for me to support her and, you know, educating her about how the food she was eating was not serving her body. She made changes. She lost 30 pounds without purposing to do any weight loss, Mm -hmm. but what was amazing was um, she went through radiation with no side effects. Mm. Uh, and her doctor, of all, of all things, her oncologist, thought she was in denial and wanted to put her on antidepressants because how could she possibly be going through radiation and not feeling the side effects that are so normal? But she kept telling him, I'm supporting my body. I'm supporting me. I'm eating better. And, and, I don't feel the extreme fatigue. She did feel tired, but not extreme. Um, And that was kind of my first aha of working with cancer patient. Mm -hmm. And so I later I've, I've supported three or four now in, 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 working through their process and their journey. But the one that really stood out was last spring when I got an email from a friend, another friend that I knew through virtual networking. I knew she had had breast cancer, had had the surgery, and was getting ready to start treatment. And she emailed me and said, Kelly, I've got a binder almost two inches thick, full of all the details of my treatment protocol. And all it says for nutrition is drink Ensure and carnation instant breakfast. No. And uh, yeah, I can, see, you can't mm. see the state looks no. on our faces when, Why, no. when I said that, but it just made me cringe inside. But she went on to say, I've known you long enough to know there's so much more and I need you on my team. Mm. And so I coached her. She taught me some things and I taught her some things, but that planted a seed in me that I couldn't let go. Right. That how many, 1.9 million is the latest number of how many people are diagnosed with cancer each year. And wow. how many of them don't know me, <laughs> mm-hmm. don't know what I have spoken about and shared about for years. And how are they going to get the information that will help turn things around for them? Um, this friend did go through cancer and radiation. She did amazingly, she recovered and, um, you know, I, I, tell, I open the book with her story and then I close the book with how she came out at the end, which was amazing. Um, but, but it just, it launched and planted the seed that, that just one day it was like, I have to write a book. I have yeah. to be able to write something that will reach masses rather than me just talking occasionally or teaching a class or something like that. And yeah. the reception has been amazing. What really drove me through the process was the number of people who I would share about what I was doing who said, I need it now.
0: Mm-hmm. I
2: need you to publish this. I need it now. I have this friend. I have a family mm-hmm. member. I, I need to give this information to them now. And so that really pushed me to get the process going. It took longer than I wanted, but, um, I wrote the book in 14 weeks. What? So, so, you know, the, the impetus was there, the press, the push, and then the editing and the publishing process took a while, but, um.
0: Yeah, I
2: just put the and the book expanded as I wrote. I originally started nutrition, and then I realized no, the whole person is in this journey, mm-hmm. mind, body, and spirit, mm-hmm. and yes. this support in all of those areas. So the book expanded as I went.
0: Yeah,
1: I you know, I, was, when I was I when as I reading was reading your book I you know, and a little backstory for everybody. Like I worked on oncology for 10 years now as like an artist in residence art therapist. So I worked it with that trauma, mind, body part. And I was so glad that you touched on it in your book, but also, um, the food aspect, how much our mind, our thoughts plays into things, our lymphatic system, which we're covered in lymph. Like if we're not flowing throughout our whole body Mm -hmm. and we're all clogged up and, um, you know, I'm so glad you touched on so many of these things because um, they're really fundamental. And, you know, I would love it if you could also just maybe I think people sometimes they misunderstand what cancer is, you know, so like I, you know, I always explain it's like cancer is dysfunction of the immune system, mm-hmm. right? Like fix mm-hmm. the immune system, you know, mm-hmm. and other. But can you maybe pick that apart a little bit? Give us a little bit because... Again, I think sometimes cancer can be really misunderstood.
2: Yeah. Cancer started as part of us. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's cells that have gone rogue mm-hmm. and they develop the ability to hide. Mm-hmm. In the book, I present it as you know, living in an apartment complex, and there's usually that one hermit in the apartment complex that doesn't come out and play, doesn't come out and visit. It just hides away and doesn't right. want that social connection. And that's what cancer does. It hides from the immune system. Um, in the process of developing its energy, it uses glucose and creates carbon that it uses to fuel its growth, but it also creates a substance that hides it from the immune system. Oh, yeah. And so it's hidden. And, and people are wondering, why is this not being tackled? Well, Mm -hmm. it could be your immune system is really sidetracked with a lot of other things going on in your body. Mm -hmm. Or it could be that it is just very well hidden and the immune system is not catching on. But it also is cells that have turned off apoptosis, which is natural cell death. So cancer cells don't die the way Mm -hmm. they're supposed to. They're supposed to be a system in the body that when something goes awry with a cell, it just naturally dies off. Um, But cancer keeps pushing through. And so it's, it's a challenge because people say, oh, I got diagnosed. Suddenly I have this cancer. It's actually been developing in your body for five to 10 years Mm.
0: before
2: it's detectable. Right. We've always got cancer cells in our body. It's whether your immune system is catching them and dealing with them properly, right. or is your immune system so sidetracked with other issues that it's not catching that important one that's developing in the shadows.
0: Yeah, because yeah. it's my understanding, right, that we are all carrying around, like you said already, that we are, we're carrying around these these cancer cells that I might have had both, both grandmothers have had breast cancer. Mm -hmm. Most likely it's in my genetic DNA somewhere in there that sure, I could easily get it. Does it mean that I'm going to? Not necessarily. Mm -hmm. It means that if those cells turn on for cancer because of toxic exposure, because of stress levels, because I'm not tending to the immune system garden, right. And pruning out right. and taking care of it. Okay. That, that makes perfect sense. Then, then the cells turn on and it's like, oh, well we can, we're going to switch on. We're going to mutate in these ways. Right. Um, okay. Right. Thank you for clarifying. Cause it's not, I feel like, you know, there was a whole push, gosh, what was it? It was like by five years ago where women were just, you know, there was this whole push to just
2: get mastectomies. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the key with genetics is, I, I tell my clients, genetics is like a big library. Mm. And only the, you know, you can have this massive library. And if there's only 10 books in circulation, it's not a very effective library. But what's in circulation is key to what's going on in your body. You can have all this genetic material genetic possibilities in your library, what turns on those genes is lifestyle and choices you make. Mm -hmm. So it's funny when people say, I I think about things differently now, when people say, oh, you know, so many of the women in my family have had breast cancer, I'm probably going to get it too. You may have the genetics that predispose the possibility, but you are more likely turning those genetics on by the lifestyle you learned from your family yeah, (laughs) or that adapted because your life got busy and you weren't paying attention to essentials.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
2: you, rather than get a mastectomy, you can work to turn off those negative genes and keep the positive ones going. Yeah. Those are the ones you want in circulation, so that you don't have to be afraid of what everybody else in your family had.
1: Yeah, and whatever well, everything's like about balance, you know, it's like mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm always telling my clients like the body is always trying to keep you in a state of balance. The body is smart,
2: mm-hmm. you know.
1: I was like tumors, you know, or even as like that's the immune system encapsulating and trying to catch and collect and kill the thing. Right, it's trying to move it out of the body. It, that's actually mm-hmm. the body trying to protect itself. Uh, you know that, and it's this, like that's what it's meant to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's sequestering <laughs> exactly. And so you know that we have this kind of like a lot of misconceptions, right? And I love that you're talking about the, about the genetics part it's like um, you know it's like genetics load the gun, and environment pulls the trigger.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: you know the same. It's that same concept. But I like your library. Your library mm-hmm. analogies fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also, I, okay. I was just to say it's, it's nature and nurture,
0: right? It's just, it's yes. both. We got to just yes. acknowledge both. Yes. Yes. And <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gives us power. Yeah. yeah. Instead of right. just floating along with whatever happens, you are picking up a paddle and deciding which direction you're going to go. A hundred percent.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. No, this is not just happening to you right? Mm-hmm. This is, this is not like an anvil coming out of the sky and landing on your head. Um, it might feel like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> be honest. I think this is a really good segue actually to the, our moment of diagnosis and talking about, you know, that, that moment when it does feel like the anvil was just fallen out of the sky and knocked you over the head with a, with a positive diagnosis. Uh, so Kelly, I mean, I'm, at this point, you know, you, in your coaching work with clients they're they're coming into your door i assume either in the middle of treatment and probably at all stages right mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. see you as as part of the essential team in the beginning or they're they're reacting to stuff that's going on what are you what are you encouraging them to do at, at if you get a chance to work with them at that point of diagnosis what are you arming your clients with
2: first of all to to uh, lasso fear because you know if one word can bring about an immediate reaction of fear it's the word cancer sure mm-hmm. and it can depend on how the doctor presented it whether you are flatline devastated or you are concerned but you have some positive outlook you know the, the doctor can frame it in such a way to just lay you flat and and have you totally unbun, or to say you know this is what your diagnosis is, but this is what we're going to do to support you and help you. Um, but even the medical professionals, as as positive as their treatment, their training, and their outlook is, they are focused on the cancer itself. They are not really equipped to take care of the rest of your body. Even yes. if you met with a dietician, I, I talked to many client, many cancer patients in the process of researching the book first. And I was shocked at how many said, yes, I met with a nutritionist, but they didn't really teach me what to do to support my body. They gave me a stack of books to read. And I thought, oh. And of course, I asked, did you read them? And they, most of them said, no. <laughs> and then I thought, great, I'm going to write a book for you to read, too. How's this going to work? <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's where the idea for the book portal came in. And those right. that have my book can access through a QR code, a book portal that provides 10 of the chapters in video form. Oh, cool. How so that if, that if reading comprehension is overwhelming totally. and just not a place for you to start, I give them me presenting the chapter in video so that they can get a head start on it.
1: That's wonderful. Have
2: some ideas. But but the key is the medicine does not recognize how strong an influence what's going on here has on what goes on in the rest of the body. And I'm sorry, I was visually saying, you know, tapping my head. What's going mm. on in your mind? Mm-hmm. Yep. Versus what's happening in your body and what goes on in your mind affects what's going on in your body. If you are flattened with fear, your immune system is shut down. Yes. Mm. Is that going to help you?
1: (laughs) You Yes. That's that's totally true.
2: You have to work through a way of there's, there's still going to be that little hint of fear in the background, but working through the process. And I provide some exercises in the book of countering that fear of reassessing. What do you have working for you? Who do you have in your team? Mm -hmm. What can you do? And let's face it. Most of the people we talk to who have just gotten that diagnosis kind of feel like they've been thrown into floodwaters and they are flailing and they don't know how to get to the edge of the water because suddenly they're thrown into all these medical appointments. Nobody asked them, are you available? They just said, this is when you're going to go here. This is when you go here. This is when you mm-hmm. go here. And you totally lose control of your schedule and what you are doing. And there, most people are like, some people in shock, just go. To the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, because they don't know what they can do. Mm. But there's others who are like, oh, g- give me give me an anchor here. Give me something to hold on to. Mm-hmm. That's where my book comes in. Awesome. That's where my videos come in if you need it. Mm-hmm. But giving them the place that they can control and that's how they support the rest of their body, right? Because yeah. no one else is really focused on that. It's up to the patient or the caregiver because we really need a team when Mm -hmm. we're dealing with cancer, Mm -hmm. people around you to help you support the rest of your body. And that's in nutrition. That's in openly sharing your struggles and having a sounding board that won't negate your feelings, but will support you in processing those feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also working on your your spiritual aspect the, the grat finding gratitude <laughs> that's a challenge when you're dealing with cancer but finding the places of gratitude, finding the hope, finding the love and the faith that will carry you through the journey because there will be ups and downs even if you follow all, the stuff that I recommend nutritionally and all, there's still going to be days you just want to be in bed because you're really tired and your body needs to recover. Yeah, yeah. But oh, overall, it gives you the power to control something. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm.
0: Framing it that way, I think is so critical because it. it I am as you were talking about just being pummeled with with assignments of appointments and being told what to do i can see you, you in the analogy of floodwaters like okay well, you jump into floodwaters and the river's just taking you and mm-hmm. you know and you're right you think okay well i they know best they know what i need to do they've done this they're they're the experts they being the medical team that's mm-hmm. actually but you know behind your diagnosis and and your treatment plan and you know we've talked about this a lot on this podcast over and over again is, is just having a team whether you're you know in the dealing with a cancer treatment or you're just dealing with trying to get your health a, like under control um and I think the same facets that you describe are true, you know, that we need the emotional support, we need the spiritual support, we need the medical team there. Mm-hmm. And, and we're also going to need all the interventions and people to, you know, I, I, in my world, I'm a chef and I, I'm a personal chef and I I do a, a, we, a weekly meal delivery. And, you know, it's just like taking that one thing off of the list, you yeah, know, yeah. having if- so you're not the cook. <laughs>
2: Exactly, but you know someone who knows what to prepare that's that right. will nourish the body and can supply it for you. And that's where finding out even in business, you know, find out what you do really well that's and right. the other things that you don't, you you recruit people who really think that's a blast and really <laughs> really excel at that. And together we can do a lot more yeah. because we're all using our areas of, of expertise.
0: Yeah, but also, you know, remembering and this is just a shout out, you know, to myself as much as it is to everybody else there, out there who has a hard time asking for help is oh, that yeah. just a- allowing people to help you that they mm-hmm. actually get they think it's fun, just mm-hmm. like you said, like they, they think it's interesting. Um some people have made it a career, some people just want to be your friend and be there to support you and bring you flowers and rub your back and yeah. mow yeah. your lawn and take your kids to the to To school or to the park or whatever needs to get done, and so you know
2: about it as if if you say no because you're embarrassed about mm -hmm. your situation because you're frightened because you're you're unsure, but if you say no, you're robbing them of the blessing Mm -hmm. of sharing Mm -hmm. with you of doing what they can do Mm -hmm. because they can't take your treatment for you, but they can do something, and so when those you know when people ask what can i do to help sometimes it's like i have no clue right. <laughs> i don't know what i need but but thinking on the simplest levels you know could you do this could mm-hmm. you help with this you know or if they come in and say i can cook a meal for you but you need to ask them for specific foods
0: yeah Right. Because
2: the average person cooking the meal to take to a friend is not thinking of food that nourishes the body. Yeah, so they need to be specific and say, I really can't eat this right now. Could you prepare something like this, you know? And right. maybe even provide them with some of my recipes from the book, book portal, and say, <laughs> "Could you fix this for me?" That would be amazing.
0: Yeah. So, walk us through that, there, Kelly. You you clearly have that. This is like I feel like the core of of this book that you've written, and and really like given the deep toolbox to someone. Uh, talk us through, like, when so now that we've gone through diagnosis and we're in treatment, are we talking about we? Eating well before treatment, during treatment, after yes, treatment. Yes, and yes, and you give us sometimes the
2: there's different things you're doing at different times. Right. If you were in chemo, um, I provide a whole chapter of chemo toolbox Amazing. to help you manage the the chemo experience, which is rough. Um, yeah. For some types of chemo. Sometimes it's, you know, one application and then a two week break. And then, but sometimes it's a continuous chemo Mm -hmm. for a period of time. It varies with each protocol. Um, But for many, uh, an Epsom salt bath soak helps Mm -hmm. to take the overload off the body. Mm -hmm. Plus magnesium getting into your system helps to relax you. It feels very comforting um, and so you know, and that's where you can make it a whole experience. Don't have the bright fluorescent lights on in the bathroom when you're soaking. Light candles, turn the light down. I actually heard a friend say yesterday, the bathroom is the place where we need the 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 dimmer switch. Yes, I thought about uh, that absolutely. before, but you yeah. can, guess, There are times you want the light bright so you can see what you're doing. but there's other times you want it calm and relaxed. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and so you you need the dimmer switch, but maybe you just turn the lights off and you light some candles and play some some restful music while you're soaking for 20 minutes in the tub. But then when you get up out of the tub, rinse off in the shower to mm-hmm. rinse off anything that might have been excreted from your cells into that water. You don't want to keep it on your cell on your skin to be reabsorbed. Um but boy, you could do that right before you go to take a nap, or right before you go to bed at night, and you're already relaxed and warm and cozy, ready to go to sleep. Yeah. Um There are times that that a cod, I'm sorry, a castor oil pack would be very effective to help the liver, which is dealing with all the medication that's coming in. Um, castor oil packs have been used for generations. I wrote a blog post last month about an ancient healing process that needs to be brought back more Mm -hmm. because it helps castor oil helps to clear the liver helps to process and move lymph Mm -hmm. um and you can do a castor oil pack over the liver area which is the lower lower um right side of your rib cage Mm -hmm. Um, and there's some packs out there that make it less messy because casserole mm, packs can be a mess.
1: They are. <laughs> Queen of Thrones, guys. Queen yes, of Thrones. Queen of
2: Thrones. <laughs> oh, that's good to know. Actually, I did not know that. <laughs> um, so, go ahead. There's ways to support the body um, and to to help it do what it needs to do with what's being put mm-hmm. into your body, but mm-hmm. also control the aspects of how it feels. Um, You can always be working on your head process and thinking through and, you know, Cheryl being an artist with oncology, doing some artwork, maybe some art classes would be really insightful and releasing for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe you want to dance, Mm. you know, if you have the energy, you know. There's so many different options, but walking is always a simple way. Keep your body moving and to keep your lymph moving in your body. Yeah. When you are moving your body, you're helping the lymph move. Yes. You're sitting constantly. If you are laying all the time, even if, you're, if you are in a place where you really can't get up and walk, you can have that friend that says, how can I help you come mm-hmm. over and help you move your arms and your legs? you may not have the energy to do that yourself but they can pump your legs and raise them up so that gravity helps to move the lymph um they can be raising your arms and and moving um there's times that it would be really nice if this was visual sure no <laughs>
0: we understand what you mean absolutely but,
2: but movement of the body is yeah. key for keeping things moving in the body mm-hmm. um and not just stagnating and pooling is right. Yeah. Right, right, right.
1: I'm getting the warm and fuzzy. So a little backstory, my Mm -hmm. father-in-law has been going through cancer journey and, um, you know, it's funny. I was with him recently and, um, and my father, my father-in-law and my mother-in-law are both immigrants from the Middle East and, you know, Palestine, and so forth. And, um, they're so funny. So, the one thing that they've been doing every night together, because my mother-in-law hurt her foot, is they've been soaking their feet in Epsom salts together in their tiny little bathtub in the D.C. area, you know, jammed in. And they've been soaking their feet. And then she's been massaging, you know, his feet and his legs because we've been talking a lot about lymph. So we've been talking about yeah. this, this whole story. But I also recently, um, you know, because fear and the panic, some of these things you're talking about, you um, I recently got the, I'm going to call it a privilege um, because my father in law, he's an 81 year old man from Palestine. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, culture is important and got him into, finally got him into his bed and off the couch, which was a big deal. And and then he was just so fear, panic, fear and panic. And I was like, can I do Reiki on you? (laughs) And I like laid him down, which, you know, got his permission and I just held his feet and just, Mm -hmm grounded his feet and like swayed a little bit. And then I went and I started just putting my hands above him and sort of, and I was like, just breathe. Let's move, like put white light here and picture white light here and picture white light here. And he went from a 10 on the Richter scale of like panic. Like mm-hmm. I literally was like, he and he doesn't under, really, doesn't understand the whole anxiety component. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, once we were finally like, This is anxiety. We had to really explain it to him like five different ways before it was like, oh, this is a thing. And he was calming down and calming down. And then he fell asleep. And -hmm. then about 30 minutes later, so I closed the door. 30 minutes later, I hear him stirring. I go to check. And he's like, why did you leave me? (laughs) I was like, it's okay. And we just did it again. And he went back to sleep this time for an hour. And then, you know, fast forward like last week he was getting all flustered. He got all upset and he's like, you know, falling apart. And I was like, pause. I was like, Muhammad, breathe. (laughs) Like, let's just breathe, breathe. I was remember the white light we did. He's like, yes. And I was like, let's do the white light. Like let's Uh recenter, right. All the fear, all the panic. And like, we're teaching him slowly to reset himself that he can do things to Calm the body. You know, we're doing a lot of magnesium. We're doing all these things you're talking about. But I think, you know, transformation comes when we have all those support systems. We have those people that you're talking about that we can bring in. And, you know, when I worked in oncology, I think the thing that was the hardest was people who came in with no support. They didn't have that support. Mm They didn't know how to ask questions. They were being pushed through that system, just like you were talking about. And the people who thrive, like I remember having a client who, or not client, but a patient who, um, she had a soup buddy. She called her her soup buddy. She's like, every week, my friend makes me a new batch of soup. She puts two different kinds in my fridge. because, And then she brings soup for me and whoever's at oncology for me. And every week, her friend would just show up, deliver soup. And then like, I love it, you know, with like real bone broth in it and real, you know, nutrition and, you know, and like I had another patient who every week she had a friend signed up for a slot. Somebody came, they knitted, we made art, we like did things like changing that head space is so, so important. So I love that you're touching on this because those are the things that really do shift. And I've seen it so many times, you know, that was my job in oncology was, to make art with people, whether mm-hmm. they wanted to or not, you know? And like, <laughs> somebody would say no to you every day for a year. And then all of a sudden one day they'd be like, okay, fine. I'll try it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's finding those people that, that will see you, you know, you were seeing for your father-in-law, what he was dealing with and you came in to bring the calm, to help him recognize what was going on but break the cycle. Sometimes that could be Reiki. Sometimes that could be acupuncture. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can be as simple as acupressure mm-hmm. if someone knows how to work that. But but then the other side of that is you need to protect yourself from the people that are super negative. From the people yes. that yeah. just weigh you down and you feel more exhausted when they depart. When they, you know, you encounter them and then they leave and you are feeling right. more of a struggle. That's someone you need to protect yourself from because they mm-hmm. are not going to support you. They're mm-hmm. going to cause more difficulty for you. And it can be a hard thing, especially if they're a close relative. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know but you may need to sit down with them and have that hard discussion of I need to protect my headspace
0: yeah
2: and I find that being the way you talk whatever it is maybe you share with them a particular chapter in the book and say I need you to support me here or leave me alone (laughs) yeah right yeah that can be a really hard thing to do but it's it's setting an important boundary to protect yourself in the journey.
0: And it's also just asking your other caretakers around you to protect you from them. Yes.
2: Yes. That's also
0: another way of asking for help. It's just yes. like, I need your help setting mm-hmm. boundaries with these people.
2: So mm-hmm.
0: I think that's like, that's so key. I know it's true. It's like, if mindset is, you know, such a fundamental puzzle piece to this, this journey, Having that piece pulled in and out, in and out, in and out, and where you have to work double hard to keep it in place um, isn't helping. (laughs) It it makes it
2: harder. It It does. does. It does. Mm -hmm. What you can do to support your mindset, to support your positives. And I'm not thinking roses and rainbows and all that sort of thing. It's going to be hard. Yeah, right. But Just really observe and recognize what turns you down Mm -hmm. versus what turns you up, you know, and focus on being in the space of what turns you up instead of. Yeah. And let's be honest, those are just life skills I think that we all need to be (laughs) taking on. So,
1: um, yes,
0: I know. I feel that way. Cancer just seems to turn up the volume on life skills, doesn't it? (laughs) It does. Absolutely. Well, you know, when you're staring down the barrel, um, you know, at what could be a terminal diagnosis, things get really real. So let's mm. let's be honest. Mm. Um, let's take some assessment about what is important to us and who's important to us and who's draining us and who's filling us up and what
1: is draining us and what is filling us up. Um, so, and all yeah. these things also, you know, they are prevention. <laughs> like right. it's a good reminder to everybody <laughs> listening um, exactly. to the show that. We need to be, you know, taking care of ourselves, our mind, body, and spirit. We need to be making sure that we are sweating and we're moving our lymphatic systems and, you know, prevention is the best medicine, right? Like, make yourself, you know, I, I was having this conversation with somebody recently and I was like, just make yourself hard to kill. (laughs) <laughs> like, like with oh, all things you like, <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's
1: like, like what's your philosophy it's like make myself hard to kill you know like, I and love and, it. yeah I so love it's it. like um you know but that we should be doing these things per, per, you know preventively anyway Proactively, yeah. Proactively.
2: be proactive Proactively. I've, I've talked to so many friends who say oh you know i'm excited about your book i'm excited for what you've provided but i don't know anyone with cancer and i say Yeah, but you've got a body. Mm -hmm. And so if you bought the book and read, 75% of the book is for every body, not just the cancer patient. So buy the book and read it and apply some of that for you. And then you have the book handy when you hear of someone who gets a cancer diagnosis. Then you can give them the book, not, not as, oh, you have cancer, you need this book. I read this book and I learned this from it. And I think it could help you. Mm -hmm. It's a totally different way to gift a book when you can say, you know, when when you're doing the reading rainbow recommendation of it, you know, that, that says, this is what I got from the book. And I think it would benefit you. And then you say, you know, I'd like to share it. That's a win win. That's a win for you and a win for them as well. And they're far more likely to dig into the book if you provide it that way instead of just, oh, let me give you this book because I don't know what else to do for you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I love love this. I love this
1: conversation. So Kelly, I'm just curious, like, you know, we have a book club and like, what are some of your favorite recommendations, things that people um, can read? Now, I you know, I loved... Reading your book because it's short, it's sweet, it's direct, it's you know like really like well spoken in simple ways. So it's not here's a bunch of terms that are over your head and let me overcome. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and, so and I loved manual. it. For them. Yeah, it's a great little yeah user manual. I think that's a great way of thinking about it. Perfect. Um, you know, and I also recently read um, holistic cancer care, um, oh. by, uh, Shankal. I'm not sure how to say her first name, um, Cabrera, um, which is all about like herbal, you know, approaches and minimizing recurrences of cancers and stuff, which is also, um, very good, but like, what books would you like sh- tell us, like we can, or things that we should be looking at?
2: Well, to be honest, there aren't a lot of cancer. I didn't want to read a lot of cancer focused books because I Mm. didn't want them to sway me one way or another. Mm. Um, But books that talk to you about the foundation of how things work, you know, Cheryl and I are both focused on root cause medicine. Mm Let's, let's not just shut down the symptoms. Let's look at what are the symptoms? What messages is the symptom or is the body giving through these symptoms? Um, and the most recent I read was Brain Inflamed by Dr. Kenneth Bach, hmm. who is a, you know, 40 year pediatrician, but he's an integrative medicine practitioner. Yeah, And he hits on so many valuable things in the context of children, but hello, children grow up into adults. <laughs> yeah. And there was so much information that he presented in a way that wasn't too deep to, you know, cuz you can read the really deep tomes and I struggled through those because I didn't start from a science background. Um but but I love the books that give examples and show what can change mm-hmm. if you know you know, if, if you're aware of the fact that your symptoms are not your body working against you or are not your body calling for a medication, your symptoms, mm-hmm. are your body saying, need some help here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. that goes across the board for every body. Um, So Brain Inflamed, I would definitely recommend. Yeah, it's a great um, book. I've read that. I, to be honest right now, my, my head just went blank. You know, there's several books I'm reading. Hmm some of them i would not recommend for the average reader because they go deeper into the functional medicine and and that can that can become a mud hole if you aren't familiar um yeah but i think well, and i, 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 I love others, what you, i will let you know <laughs> do i
0: love what you said though about that, uh, you know taking a minute to wrap your head around the basics and how our mm. body works i think We talked about that that a lot actually um, in our you know first kickoff of this podcast series. We just dove right into digestion and sort of peel again peeling back the layers so that you are starting to understand um, how all the components work, so you can make informed decisions and you can understand the repercussions. You know that treatment that that cancer treatment is going to have on your body and some signs and clues to look for, especially post-treatment. And then again, like we just said, like, let's stay disease-free. Let's, let's say cancer-free and how do we, how do we manage that? Mm -hmm. Because how did you get yourself in this position to begin with? Let's, let's not recreate it. So. um, And
2: recognizing that it didn't happen overnight and it's not resolved overnight. That's right so yeah. many feel like okay I'm done with my cancer treatments right so I'm done but you still need to give your body time to heal and recover yes you know mm-hmm. it's it's not done just because you ring the bell no. and to be honest so many ring the bell and they really don't feel as excited as all the medical staff around them is you know well because and there's still more to work through and process through that's mm-hmm. where a, a, coach like me could help in identifying what you've been through and how we can help your body resolve and release and heal. Um, Because when you've been through these treatments, you're often retaining a lot of toxicity
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you
2: need to be able to work through that. Um, So just because you come past the treatments doesn't mean it's really done. And, and you don't want to just relax and you know have a massive celebration and go overboard in the wrong direction away from the nutritional support you really need that nutritional support lifelong
0: yeah it, mean it is you a- can't
2: have occasional celebrations but yeah. it, it's a marathon. Not a
0: race. That is right. That is right. And I think it. You know, when when you get the big diagnosis, it forces that onion to just crack open. Instead of you starting to have to having the luxury of peeling back some layers slowly, you have Someone to just flavor. <laughs> got it open. That's right. And then and then sometimes I I can imagine. You know, at least from the friends and family that I've known who who've gotten diagnoses and and come out the other side um, you know, those, those cancer screenings are sobering. It is, it is a, it is that moment that you are, there's a lot of holding of breath before you yes. walk in that door yes. and just hoping that all the things that you've done and are doing, um, and, and that, and that were done to you, quite frankly, in, in the process of treatment yeah. are still holding. Um, and so thank you. I, 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 think framing it to understand, you know, a, what our, how our body works, Be how do we set boundaries? How do we support ourselves? How do we create a a team around us? Um, How do we make it in that creating a team? How do we ask for help? How do we admit what we don't know? Um, And so that we can also start to create a lifestyle change. Um, It is is gutting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It'll send you to your knees. And at the same time, um uh, every person that I've known who come out from the other side of it is a change person for the better. Yes. yes. And I think we we take these big life movements for so granted. I'm not asking for cancer. I, I, I can change I know I don't need to <laughs> I don't need that I don't need the big C personally to help me change, but I certainly think if if we're gonna go through that process, we certainly can um and make it something that has meaning because our life has meaning yes. because people want us
2: yes, uh, mm-hmm.
0: to be on this planet. So anyway, I thank you for, this is just like grace and a gift, um, all wrapped into a book, Kelly. So thank Mm. you. I think we all need that support and gift and, and love behind us and a user's manual. (laughs) Um, assuming that you don't know every, you know, all the big words and all the complicated jargon and medical language, um, just to give us a guide is really, truly a gift. So thank you for all your hard work.
1: It's so good. Very welcome. Guys, we encourage you, go buy Kelly's book, Thriving Through Cancer, A Holistic Approach for Your Journey. And Kelly, where can people find you? How can they work with you? How can they buy their book, your book? Please share. Uh,
2: buying the book, the easiest way is kellylutman.com because on that page, you can access all the different ways to find the book. Um, there's awesome. various different resources and outlets. Um, but to work with me, Pursue wellness for you. All spelled out in words is my website, and they can schedule a strategy call. I will say that I'm working on launching Thriving Through Cancer Together, an mm. online membership support group. Awesome. Um, where I will be teaching, open Q and A calls, resources, guest speakers, etc., online, plus building a community to support each other.
0: Huge that uh, is exciting
2: that that feels like the next step to be able to reach and support more people yeah yes, so guys needed. get
0: on Kelly's email list follow her on all the mm. socials so if if and when that moment comes or if you're a practitioner certainly you can refer um, some of your clients and patients her yes. way. It sounds like such a gift as well. So thank you. Keep up with the hard work. You're doing great.
1: <laughs> Amazing. No, I'm so excited about this and like, oh, I love Kelly.
0: Anyway, <laughs> we, we need it in this world. I know. All right. Well, Kelly, thank you again. And guys keep peeling back that onion. Yes.
2: It's so worth it.
1: It is. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Peeling the Onion Podcast. If we've inspired you to take the next step in your healing journey, please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher.
0: You can also find us on Instagram and online at peelingtheonionpodcast.com. Music by Greg Dijazoo and podcast production by Nova Media. Until next time, keep peeling the onion.